The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to the Raiders Podcast Network, your official home for all things silver and black. Freddie B turned 80 yesterday, had a great celebration with his wife, and now he's kind enough to join us on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Fred, happy birthday, and uh, tell everybody how you spent your day yesterday. How are you? Uh, well, I'll tell you how, uh, how, how good it was. I'm moving real slow today. <laughs> All right. But uh, let me just say this, okay? You made it a very special day. You and uh, I want to thank also Jamie Fritz. You know, you guys just, uh, you made, I don't know how many people have their 80th birthday like, like I had yesterday, but it was, it was fun listening to you. It was fun listening to the guys when they called in, uh, listen to what they had to say after all these years and listen to, uh, people from the Raider Nation calling, calling in. Uh, it was just, just a special day. You know, we kept it low key and Angela and I went out to dinner early yesterday and, uh, it was a fun day for me. It really, awesome. really was. I'm so happy to hear that. So we also heard from your son, Freddie Jr. Yes. So we had a little family in there. That must have been cool. I never heard that story that he said walking with you after Super Bowl Eleven and your MVP, holding your bag, walking on the field at the Rose Bowl. Wow, what a great story he told us yesterday. Yeah, just the two of us, you yeah. know. And he was just a young kid at the time. And I, uh, after the game, I took him to all the news uh, the interviews I was doing with the news people, I took them with me. We still have that picture. And uh, it was just a great day to be be with Freddie and have him by my side. It was just amazing. So good. Fred Belitnikoff joins us. So, you know, you hear from your friends and your family and on your 80th, and uh, that's an important milestone. Did you look back at your whole life up until now? Did we start at Erie and then uh, Florida State when we were talking about you yesterday? You know, you look at your whole life when you get to your 80th or you got to your 70th, and you look back. I mean, what a beautiful life, all the friends and family and I want to begin talking about your family back in Erie because I know there's a field in your honor there and you're, you're getting asked to go back there a lot for dedications and all that. Let's touch on Erie and what that portion of your life still means to you today. Uh, Erie, Erie was fantastic. You know, to be able to grow up and uh, still have friends, thank God a lot of them are still alive, that I went to school with, that I played against, and uh, still great friends today and just a whole community with uh, so many diverse ethnic groups growing up in, the, in that atmosphere was was terrific and seeing Erie grow and improve with a lot of things and you know like you said we're we're trying to get this uh, field done uh where i went to high school with these kids so we're going to be able to do that with the help from the school district so it's going to be a, a great event in may for us and i'm mm-hmm. looking forward to going back there and visiting with everybody and just having a great time you know it's, the it's area be super really yeah. something that we've been working so hard on yeah and i'm so excited about around. that yeah that's going to be an exciting portion that dedication you know one more thing on the eerie years is that you know i remember the conversations that we had similar to my dad of 
getting up at the crack of dawn and playing sports until it got dark and coming home and getting that meal. And your household was no different than that era at that time. You can play sports as much as you want, but you got to get home for dinner. You got to eat. You got to fuel yourself and sit down at that family uh, kitchen table. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll tell you what, you know, when, you know, at that period of time, you know, everybody played everything. It's not so much like that now anymore, but back then everybody played football, baseball, basketball, track, Whatever, whatever was, uh, whatever sport was coming around, everybody participated in, and uh, that really made you know growing up there so much better and so much more fun because you know you had a lot of interaction with everybody in the city as far as athletics go at different schools, which made it uh, made it a treat, made it a real treat for me and a lot of great memories, you know, with all the basketball games, the football games, track, baseball. And it was just fun. It was just a, a great place to be born. Now, I know I know. when you go back to the Tallahassee Club and you go back to Florida State, share with us the friends that you kept from, you know, your freshman year all through Florida State before you went to the Raiders and how important that group that you still have with you and their kids and grandkids mean to you in Tallahassee. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I got so many friends in Tallahassee. You know, I'll be going down there in May. Uh, I go back every year. We do a fundraiser for uh, a daycare center for single moms where they don't have to pay anything uh, to drop their their child off so, they, so they're able to work. So we've been doing that for a great number of years. And uh, Richard at the fourth quarter who puts on the golf tournament every year and the people that participate in every year uh, has just been terrific over the years. And seeing everybody – and being able to uh, just being able not only to go to the event, but then staying over for three or four days and being able to take a drive and see the rest of Tallahassee, how it's grown, how the campus has grown and the stadium uh, brings back a lot of memories. But I really look forward to going back there and seeing everybody. Fred Belidnikov for celebrating his birthday yesterday. You know, I was thinking you're such a young guy when you leave Tallahassee and Mr. Davis brings you out to Oakland. How big of a deal was that? San Francisco, Oakland, the Bay Area at that time. It's such a enormous footprint, such a big area, and you don't have your family with you from Erie or your, a lot of your teammates. So how did you navigate through getting a house and figuring out where to live and the bank accounts and setting it up and all that signing? You're out there by yourself starting your life. How intimidating was that? Well, living in apartments, that's the first thing, <laughs> and not making that much money at that time, so really trying to save up to buy a home which took us a few years, but, uh, you know, that's where you, you, you count on your, on your family to really hold you up for what you're busy doing, playing and, uh, gone all day and the weekends and, uh, all, everything that you really don't have to touch on anything of the reality of life. Your family picks that up for you. And I had a great, a great support group all, all, all the years and being able to have them have my back and doing everything and let, letting me able to play football and not have to worry about too many things uh, other than football. Yeah, I never asked you this. What were those early road trips like on the airplane with the Raiders going cross-country? That's something also new to you. I know you traveled to Florida State and from Erie down there, but I'm talking about big travel with an NFL team and getting on a plane to go back east if you had to play the Jets or a team like Baltimore. How big was that and traveling with all your teammates and friends? That must have been a party. 
Well, <laughs> more than once. <laughs> sure. No, you know, at that time, you know, we were still the AFL, and we went right from training camp right to the airport, and we'd go on a two-week road trip. So we might leave like Friday on training camp and go down to Miami, play Miami, then fly up to Boston, stay there all week, play against Boston, and then fly over to Buffalo, stay there all week. And uh, after the game, would fly back home. But, you know, we had the opportunity to be around each other. I mean, that's who you have. That's who you're traveling with. That's who, you, that's who your friends are. And that's why um, from when I was a young kid, starting with the Raiders, till I was the old guy, we had a great camaraderie with everybody. You know, and all those trips when I was younger uh, really meant a lot because you were able to do a lot of things together as a team, as, as friends, and really develop a good relationship with everybody on a team. It was fantastic. You know, Freddie, as we wrap it up, there's a big topic now about the All-Star Games and the NBA is a joke and they've taken the Pro Bowl and now the Pro Bowl's flag football. Uh, the AFL-NFL All-Star Game, the college football All-Star Game against the NFL, can you share with our listeners how important those games were, the passion behind not only wanting to compete, but to train for those games and want to win those games compared to the culture we see now with these All-Star Games? Well, you, you know what? At that, at that time, you know, when, when, you got, when you got picked to be in the All-Star Game, like my – my first AFL All-Star game was down in Jacksonville, and uh, you're with a week. You're spending a week together. I mean, I, my my roommates were Dave Costa and Bobby Bell, and uh, we're you know uh, the West against you know the West against the East, and uh, it, it was fun. Uh, you yeah. know, the practices were good, hard, and when you played the game, you you played the game. I mean, it was like you're playing a playoff game. And uh, uh, it went like that for a number of years, a great number of years, you know, till till it started getting, uh, I guess, out of hand a little bit. But, you know, just to be on the All-Star team and be able to be picked to be on the All-Star team is, is, is great for any athlete in any sport. You know, that's, that's the ultimate for you to be able to, to say you were on that All-Star team or you got picked mm-hmm. uh, for that All-Star team. And the guys you get the chance to spend the time with that you really never do get a chance with from other teams is really special. It really creates a a very tight bond for you throughout your whole life. And, Freddie, the last football question. Dave Ziegler was on a podcast the other day, and I I liked what he talked about Devontae said he you know, shows up wearing his Nike gear, but he could be in a three-piece suit with a briefcase because he treats every day like a business. He comes in and he works, works, works on his craft. He's such a pro. And a lot of that goes back to you and, and your legacy and the way you worked and prepared for every practice. We had, you know, you heard yesterday all your teammates were talking about your work ethic and what you did after practice. What what can be relatable to our audience now about what a receiver should be doing in the offseason right now on this calendar with the combine here and then the draft coming up? But as a veteran, how did you keep yourself sharp in the offseason? Because you had to have a job. You had multiple jobs to bring in money, <laughs> but you had to find a way to work out and work on your craft. Well, you know, you know what? I always looked at the offseason, uh, even when I was young and starting and we had to get jobs in the offseason, but taking the time – but learning that uh, if you want to have and, and perform an upcoming season, you can't let months go by. You got to do something every single day, 
And you might start off a little slower at the beginning of the offseason, but then you start building just before you get to training camp because we didn't have offseason programs. So, you know, it was always working on fundamentals because mm-hmm. I'm a true believer in fundamentals uh, in every sport because that's, that's where you learn how to play. That's where you learn that you can teach yourself when you're fundamentally sound and you spend your life doing that. I mean, it's a big plus. And to hear about Devontae going in and doing that, I mean, uh, kudos to him because mm-hmm. uh, you got, you're in a business. This is your business. This is your livelihood. You know, it's not a sport anymore. It's a business, yeah. you know, and uh, you can look at it as a sport, as a player. But the main thing is you got to go out there and perform. And the more time you spend in that off season, if you get that opportunity by yourself, you can teach yourself so many things and learn so much. You know, and just uh, give you, make yourself fundamentally sound because you can always go back and correct yourself if you know what you're doing out there, working out or on the field, if you make a mistake. That's that's the, that's what I found out uh, when I was doing all that, my years of playing. It's the Fred Bolitnikoff Hall of Fame Invitational Canyon Gate Country Club, uh-huh. April 24th, coming up again. So for foursomes, the information on Facebook, all the social media that we'll be working with. But, again, you moved this from the Bay Area and your backyard, and now you're back at Canyon Gate, and everybody has a great time. I want to make sure you get an opportunity to tell everybody how important this is as it benefits the Bolitnikoff Foundation in the memory of Tracy and how it's great to get everybody and your peers together for this tournament again. Well, it's big for us. You know, it was a big move. Uh, we have a, we're have we playing at a great place at Canyon Gate. The people there are super. They're unbelievable. I love them. Uh, and most important, Angela loves them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's important for us because we keep our foundation going for a great number of years. Uh, we've been a steady force moving forward all the time. And now we're teaming up with St. Saint Jude's Saint Ranch for Children. Uh, down there in, in Las Vegas, and we're going to be able to participate with them with building a Tracy's Place of Hope there and getting involved with that. So, you know, all the money we're raising now down there in Las Vegas with the crab feed, with the golf tournament, and hopefully we uh, put on a, a few more other fundraising uh, events. But uh, this is where all that money's going. So we made it one point when we moved down there, the money's going to stay there. We're going to do something in there, and Angela was visionary enough to uh, able to meet with these people from St. Jude's and get us involved and to letting us take another step for another Tracy's mm-hmm. Place of Hope. So I hope we get a great turnout. Uh, there's still a lot of foursomes that we could sell, mm-hmm. and it's going good. It's going really good, and we're excited about it. Absolutely, and we'll sell some foursomes here on the radio and tell everybody about it. Enjoy. Uh, the, I got buddies that like to have like birthday weeks and half birthday months and all that. I know you're big on the night of your birthday, but enjoy it because it was on a Thursday. You're going into Friday. Keep the birthday train going for all of us, okay? <laughs> I'll do that, okay? You take care. And again, thanks so much for a special day and thank everybody that participated, yeah. that came on the show. I love you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, Fred. There he is, Fred Bolitnikoff. How cool is that? His son. Fred Bolitnikoff Jr., Freddie Jr., out in Texas. How are you, my brother? How you doing? Oh, good to hear your voice, man. How are you, sir? Dad's 80. What does that mean to you? <laughs> you know, every uh, every day I wake up and I get to hear his voice, it makes me grateful. I'll tell you what. 
Yeah, no doubt you know, about like, it. And Freddie, like like the, Foo said, you know, the guys are guys are leaving the earth, and uh, you know, all those guys that that Phil mentioned, you know, those are all my heroes when I was a kid. You know, my dad's one of them. So every day they're around, I'm grateful. You know, I'm happy you said that because it's it's difficult to have a father who's iconic. I could never live up to my dad. My dad is 84 and uh, so much better than me, and I just love him so much. But you grew up in the world of sports with your dad bringing you to a practice or a game or to training camp, and the memories you have around this organization through your dad and Mr. Davis before that. Uh, just share a few with me and, and how your dad made that connection in your life. You know, I, I, my parents, as you know, were divorced when I was young. And um, so my dad did everything he could possibly do to, to keep me involved in his life. And we have so many good memories off the field. But, uh, you know, just football-related experiences, you know, no, no matter how many games I coach, no matter how much I've been around football, nothing nothing digs at me more and uh, – the memory I hold the closest to my heart is walking out of the Rose Bowl after the media was gone, all the fans were gone, and just walking out of the locker room across the field after the Raiders won the Super Bowl, carrying my dad's bag. I was 10 years old, 11 years old, and it was just me and my father walking and talking. That that feels to me like it was yesterday. Wow, you that, never that shared that with me. Greatest. Wow, so that you're on the field. The greatest. Your dad's the MVP. You're walking with your dad across the field after he's the MVP. And as you know, as a young boy, uh, losing so many of those big games right at the doorstep, what was that relief for you as his son so happy for your dad? Well, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you're happy for your father, but you're happy for all those guys. You know, in a sense, you're kind of too young to understand it because yeah. I was only 10 years old, 11 years old. But you just, you had such a good bond with those guys. I'd go to practices and, and uh, bring my soccer ball when I was young and, and play with Jack and George, you know, Skip and Willie and those guys and run up in the stands up during practice and catch punts that were bouncing off the chairs from Ray Guy and just knowing all those guys, it was, it was just special for, for everybody, you know, for, and then all the time watching playoff games and they're back in Pittsburgh getting screwed and you know, <laughs> ruining every, ruining all our Christmases and stuff. So it was, it was great to see him finally get that. You know, lastly, you know, this is a celebration of your dad, but you lost your sister, Tracy, and a lot of the people we had on today are ending their comments about that on how your dad and Angela and how you and everybody in your inner circle were able to take such a tragedy and try to bring something across and something positive on the loss of your sister and how important that is, is it ties everybody together and it obviously ties you and your dad together. Yeah, you know something, you never, you never, it's not supposed to be that way. You know, parents aren't supposed to put their, um, put their children to rest before uh, parents, obviously. And, uh, you know, when that happened, um, you know, you just, you, you just feel so bad. And me being the oldest one and the only boy in the family, it's, it's kind of like you have to be there to, uh, to keep everybody strong as much as you could possibly do that. But, you know, through that tragedy, you know, um, it's given me a good platform to talk to the kids that I deal with, um, whether it's teenage girls or whether it's teenage boys in the locker room and, and it 
you know, just telling them how to live a, a clean life as much as possible and how to treat women right. Um, first and foremost. And, you know, on a bigger platform, my father's been able to do that in the Bay Area with the help of the Raiders and, you know, a national platform that uh, that my dad and Angela, especially, um, you know, Angela has done such a great job of, of bringing awareness to the cause and, and all the support that they've gotten. It's, it's uh, a tragedy for everybody, but, you know, I, I don't think you get the the support that you got uh, that we've gotten as a family, if it, if it wasn't for my dad and Angela being such good people and, and really meaning, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to help the cause. All right, my friend, uh, happy 80th to your dad. Good luck coaching in Texas. You had a big impact here in Vegas. I know a lot of parents and kids are going to miss you. And I hope to see a bunch more. Remember that I got an empty Raiders seat. I just have to tell my wife to move over one. and We'll get you to a couple <laughs> Raider games this year. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the hospitality like always. And, Dad, I love you very much. Happy 80th birthday, and hopefully we have many, many more to celebrate, sir. James Lofton, kind enough to join us, the Hall of Famer on Fred Bolitnikoff's 80th birthday. James, what does that sound like to you, Freddie B? It it does sound crazy because when I'm coming into the league, Fred is kind of, you know, at the tail end of his career, a great career that he had. But to think of him just being 80, because I've been around him so much, that's one of those numbers that it really doesn't matter a whole lot because we all know how vital he is right now. Absolutely. And just as a mentor and someone coming up, you know, Raymond, who just joined us, Raymond Chester, talked about his practice work ethic, something I've always heard about you and your legendary work ethic, and kind of compare what you learned from Fred Bolitnikoff along the way. Well, it it was funny because – you know, we grew up where we were multi-sport athletes. You know, you played football, basketball, baseball. You were on the track team. And I was primarily a football and track guy. Uh, basketball, the only shot I could make outside of two feet was a layup, but that was about it. And I remember Fred saying to me, well, you know when you played basketball, and I didn't want to tell him that I wasn't any good. And he just kept going on. These are the things that you can take from the basketball court to the football court. So it it was a lot of fun listening to that conversation, just remembering when he had it, was giving it to me, because he had so much knowledge about the game, and it was just and he was a really good communicator on the details and how to do things. James Lofton, the Hall of Famer, joins us. So the coaching aspect, something you're very familiar with, the Hall of Fame aspect. What is it like uh, knowing Freddie as a coach? And my follow-up question will be, when you got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, there were Raiders, along with other teammates from other teams, waiting for you when the Raider Nation, represented by Fred Bolitnikoff, welcomed you with your gold jacket into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, it was pretty great. And the, the, the crazy thing about the Raiders, and we, we hear the slogan, once a Raider, always a Raider. And, and I heard somebody say, you know, once a Patriot, always a Patriot. I go, What? why are you guys stealing what the Raiders are talking about? And as I look around the league now, that's what this league is trying to promote, something that the Raiders had been doing for such a long time. Because if you played for the Raiders and you played for Al Davis, that was such a great tie-in to being part of that organization for forever, whether it was one game or whether it was 15 seasons. You were, you were a Raider for that time. And so that's the way people looked at you throughout your career. And, and Fred, as a coach, uh, only briefly got to be with him, 
during an off season and part of a season. He, like I said, he was just a great communicator. He was all about doing your job and about being tough. That that was the thing that, you know, we look at Fred and we see the stick him and we see some of the great catches, but it was the I think the physical and mental toughness that he tried to convey to the guys that you had to have to be able to play this game at a really really high level. That's great, James. So good to hear from you. We have a lot of uh, your other contemporaries lined up. Uh, let's wrap it up with this. The friendship to you and your lovely wife with Fred and Angela. What does this friendship mean to you at this stage of your life with Fred Bolitnikoff on his 80th birthday? So, like I said, I come into the league in 1978, been in the Bay Area down at Stanford, obviously have followed Fred Bolitnikoff. To be his friend is probably the best one out of all that you mentioned, whether being a player, whether learning from him as a coach, being a Hall of Famer. But to be his friend, that's been probably the most important aspect of this uh, journey. Well, Mike, enjoy your hike. Enjoy your day. We couldn't do this. We couldn't attempt to do this on Freddie's birthday without you and Jamie Fritz and everybody who helped me uh, secure you to get you on. It means everything. Have a great day, a great weekend, and I look forward to celebrating many of your birthdays coming up on Raider Nation Radio. Thank you. Sounds good. See you down the road, JT. The great Raymond Chester, the legend, joins us on Freddie's 80th. Raymond, welcome to the show. Tell us what Freddie means to you. What, what does he need to hear? Oh, my God. <laughs> I tell you what he needs to hear. I, tell him, I told him this one other time before. You know, I am so happy. It's so hard for a guy my age to find somebody older than him to talk to. So, <laughs> so, so I'm loving it that I got a teammate in Freddie that I love dearly, like a brother. He's my brother. But I love the ribbon. I love it, I love it because uh, he's just a couple years older than me, and uh, – Boy, that makes me feel young. Anybody that can make me feel young, I, I love. <laughs> Raymond, uh, your first football memory with Fred Bolitnikoff in the greatest games you ever played as a teammate, as a friend, but in the locker room, just a memory when you think of football, suiting up or taking off the tape after a game and having an opportunity for him to be your teammate. You know, there's so many with Fred. I mean, we, you know, we were very, very close and, and remain close today. But uh, the thing that I remember most about Fred Blitnikoff is uh, just the level of professionalism and the way he approached the game. I, nobody, no one practiced hard, practiced harder on his skill set than Fred Blitnikoff. And I can say this without fear of contradiction, that so many of the great players, uh, offensive players that played uh, for the Raiders during Freddie's time and afterwards, tried to pattern themselves after after Fred. You know, I often say, uh, you know, the name Bolitnikov, and it, it, it sounds like a Russian uh, ballet dancer <laughs> or, or, or a circus actor or something like that, you know. Um, somebody on the high trapeze, someone who just lives and breathes to practice. And Fred had that name, and it, it name suited him perfectly because there's no one that worked harder on their skills and Fred Blitnikoff, and I think a whole lot of us guys that uh, played with him and after him uh, pattern ourselves after Fred. Awesome. Raymond Chester, as we wrap it up. You know, Raymond, he lost his daughter tragically. You were there for him and Angela and the whole family, and I just want to wrap it up with your friendship now at this stage in your life. 
you've lost a lot of great friends. You've shared with us the loss of Cliff and a lot of your other teammates over the years, Clem. We had John to talk about Bill Russell and Joe Morgan, and Freddie's going to be here with us for a long time. What does that friendship mean to you at this stage of your life? Uh, it is absolutely it means everything. I mean, we are we are beyond friends. Uh, we are brothers, and and uh, boy, oh boy, as you get older and you lose people that you love, uh, you 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 feel more and more significance about the people that you can call brother. I, I love Fribble and the Cuff and Angela and, 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 and Dasha and the whole family. I mean, uh, and they know it, and uh, I know it. You know, we don't have to always say it. I know it, and they know it, and uh, have the utmost respect and appreciation for them. And I'm real happy that I can pick up the phone and call somebody that's older than me, a lot older than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that is great. Raymond, thanks for kicking it off. Uh, we got a lot of legends coming up, and uh, I wanted to kick it off with you because you mean everything to everybody. Thanks for doing this. I'll talk to you soon. Phil Villapiano, the great Phil Villapiano, Super Bowl Eleven. What do you say when I say it's Fred Bolitnikoff's 80th birthday? Oh, my God, JT. <laughs> and you know what? He still looks good. Yes. I mean, I figured he'd look like a broken-down sailor, but my man is still a stud at 80 years old and still has his foundation and still throws parties and still parties. Freddie Belitnikoff, he's my, what do you want? He's my idol. You know, Foo, you got a chance to go up against him in practice. You and I have talked about this team, this Raider team, as they try to turn it around. You got a chance to get your skill set to a higher level going up against Cliff and Freddie and Raymond and Casper and all these guys. What was it like to practice with Freddie and go up against him? Oh, man. Well, you know, just his attitude at every practice. And, you know, you, you know, JT, we like to have fun at nighttime. But when he got down to practice, there was an attitude. And Freddie was one of the, the leaders of, 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 you know, you get into practice, you only got a couple hours, get your work done. And I used to admire, you know, uh, how, like, Henny Kenny would work on a pattern again and again and again and again until they got it perfect. And then on Sunday, it was perfect. And um, so he just taught me, you know, because, uh, he's got a few years on me, and I, I watched him work, and I, I wanted to be like him, you know, from the uh, defensive side. And we used to work just as hard on defense, and you're right, you know, going up against Casper every day and, you know, getting out to the flat and trying beating Freddie to the sideline, you know, and I think, I think Freddie, you know, all his back shoulder pass stuff, JT, yeah. him and Al Davis invented that. That was our special pattern. Freddie would come back and I mean he beat everybody at that. You know, nobody knew what he was doing. Now everybody does it and they call it the back shoulder. They should call it the Balitnikov. <laughs> like a like a Russian a Barishnikov, as they like to say. Uh, <laughs> quickly, Phil, you know, you mentioned Kenny and you being tight with Kenny and Freddie having a great relationship. There's Cliff. Uh, there's Mark Davis as a young boy. There's other people. Mike Ciani, 
Mike Ciani and Freddie Bolitnikoff. We just had James Lofton on. That fraternity of you guys at training camp or on the road or going out or having Joe Namath come out to Oakland or are you hooking up with Joe in New York before a Jet game? Is that what gets you going still? Are those the great memories that you look back with Freddie B? Absolutely. You know, there was never a dull moment with Fred. And, and you know, he's, you know, might be, you know, my nickname was Fu. And he would, Fubit, 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 what'd you do last night? What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> he always wanted to know what I did. And half the time I'd make up lies <laughs> just to get him excited, you know? So he kind of, he kind of liked uh, our, my group of a little younger guys. And we were out there having a lot of fun. And Freddie would, him and Van Zach and, Stabler every morning, we just have to come up with stories for those guys, which is always, you know, that got us started every day. And then, you know, we'd be in the locker room and, you know, Fred, you know, Pete would be right next to me, number 40, and mm-hmm. Freddie, and, and Freddie, number 25, and Snake would be right across. So the four of us be yeah, yakking it up, man. You know, great leaders, JT, great leaders. That's what I, that's what I, how could we lose? with guys that were leading us like that. Fool, with about one more minute to go, we got Marcus Allen coming up after you. And I just, the friendship is what matters the most, isn't it? You know, ups and downs, and you lose members of your family, and there's births and there's deaths, and there's all that together. But the fact that you knew his kids, he knows your kids, and and the fact that you guys connect as brothers, let alone teammates, that's what's got to make you feel good on Freddie's 80th, that you still have your brother with you, and you're going to have many more good times ahead. Yeah, it really, you know, and, and JT, I, you know, I just came back from a trip to Orlando, and I was just telling Janie, you know, that there's something going on in my brain about, you know, uh, with, you know, with God, Daryl dying, Cliff dying, Greg Guy dying, yeah. you know, and then I lose Franco the night before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And then last week, I lose Conrad Dobler, another great friend. I am so happy to have Freddie around, you know, and and have – we can't – I know it's inevitable, but, man, these friendships we had, when guys go, it hurts. It really hurts, and you don't know it, but you feel it. And you always – like, you know, I haven't traveled that much since COVID, but – walking through the airport like you you feel a little bit off Mm. and i'm not thinking it's because i haven't traveled i'm thinking it's because of conrad franco freddie you know i mean not freddie kenny you know Mm. i i hate all this dying stuff so so happy that we're celebrating freddie's birthday i can't believe it i love it And, and i wish he was on here right now so oh. I could tell him some more lies you know? all right good to talk to you food thanks for doing this thanks for making time for me JT, you're the best, as always, and man, I need to know what we're doing about our quarterback situation. <laughs> I will let you know what I know. There he is, Phil Villapiano, Foo, checking in. Thank you for listening to the Raiders Podcast Network. For all things silver and black, download the Raiders app and visit Raiders.com.